Hey, Edith. Hey, Christy. Knock, knock. Who's there? Honeydew. Honeydew what? No, you're supposed to honeydew who? Knock, knock, who's there? Okay, okay, let's let's do it again. Go ahead, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, go ahead. Knock, knock. Oh, who's there? Honeydew. Honeydew who? Honeydew, you want to hear some bad jokes? (laughs) I don't think I have a choice. (laughs) Don't call me honey. (laughs) Hi, I'm Christy, a backyard gardener from Colorado. These days, gardening has gotten very popular, and my friends and I have noticed more and more people picking our brains for tips and troubleshooting about gardening. We're not experts. We just learned a lot about gardening from the mistakes we made along the way. So welcome to Upside Down Tulips, a fun podcast that celebrates gardening gone wrong. Upside Down Tulips. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Hi, gardeners. Hi, gardeners and um, people that are listening to the podcast. And hello, welcome back, Edith. Thank you. It's been what three months? I know it was in January. I'm a little rusty. Uh oh, you've noticed, right? <laughs> I'm a little rusty. <laughs> well, you know, Edith, it's April now, so I have to ask you: How was your National Celery Month? Did you have a good March? Did you have a nice? I celery have celery month? in the refrigerator. I've eaten celery every day. I, you know, <laughs> okay, good. have a little celery shrine. In my bedroom. Yeah, so. Well, are you winter sowing any celery? No, I'm not, because you told me you were going to do that for me. I did, and here's your jug. Oh, Is any... Oh, okay. Excellent. Thank you so much. I hope it turns out. Last year, you know, I got one stock of celery, so we'll see if we can improve on it. Well, I love celery, so... Do you want me to take it right now, Christy? No, you can can stay there. She's holding no, please the jug. stay seated. Okay, Hold, thank you. Please stay seated. Because you know, yeah. Uh, and it's National Garden Month, as it should be. You know, because yeah. this is when you got to really start gearing up. Oh my gosh, April is I, such a busy time for gardeners, isn't yeah. it? Well, I mean, I come in your driveway and there's like twenty bags of mulch. Yes! You're doing the exact right thing. When in doubt, mulch it. That's, That's right. What I'm doing. April fourteenth is going to be National Garden Day, and then April twentieth. Lima Bean Respect Day. Now, uh, they've all, the lima bean has had a lot of love, but respect? Good for the lima bean, demanding to be respected. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you must respect the lima bean. It's one of the few things I cannot stand. Yeah, I don't like them either. Is it the texture? It's the texture. Yeah. It's like eating dry mouse fur. It's like, <laughs> Well... Edith, yes. The world wants to know since it hasn't heard about how your garden is doing. Oh, please tell us all. Okay, How's let's both let's both fill each other in on what the garden's up to. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so first let's do the good news. Okay, the good news. The good news is I once again my lettuce has come through. My favorite lettuce, Miracle of Four Seasons, once again is all over the garden. Wow, not as much as I had last year. But it keeps coming up, you know. I keep going out there all over the place. That lettuce seed is an amazing little thing, isn't it? Guys, it's get so that lettuce. It's so tiny. And get that. And it, I mean, it's up already. It, wow. It's, it's already up. Some of it is like an inch high. Wow. I am harvesting spinach from last year. Mm. And I was just, I'm surprised because we had a cold winter. Yeah. So my spinach overwintered again also. I'm very grateful. 
Um, I have, and I noticed you did too. I looked at your garden. Uh, I have onions from last year. Yeah. I have shallots that I forgot to get out of the ground. Me, that's what happened to me too. They Is just that kind of, They just kind of like... Kind of like regrew within the same little Yeah, I think area. they die back, but they're still alive. They die yeah. back, but they don't die totally, maybe. I'm being philosophical now. I mean, it is Easter. Maybe they have arisen. Who knows? Right, good. Okay, sure. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so there's that. Um, and I think I'm seeing little tiny pieces of parsley come back. So that's all the good news. None right. of that stuff is what I planted this year. But it just kind of came volunteer. It's, that's the beauty the, my, of spring mm, to find out like, hey, look at that. Yeah, the volunteers. So um, I, as you know, I have winter sowed, I think seven, I have seven jugs. Nothing is up yet. That's okay, right? Yeah, it's fine. Okay. I, you know, I have a couple little things up. What do you have up? Is it flowers? I have up foxglove, Mexican hat, um, hollyhocks. And um, they're all up. You said a couple things. Just a couple things. That's right. more than a couple. A couple oh. is two. Oh, oh, okay. For heaven's okay. sake. I have I have several things. Yes, up. you do. <laughs> several is more than seven, and a few is is between a couple and several. Okay. So if it's five, it's a few. See how educational folks this podcast is? <laughs> the things you did not know. I could be wrong, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking way you. back to my elementary grammar class. Okay, so um so Christy. I have nothing in my winter sowing is up, but I might have dried it out. I started seedlings on March 31st. And one, right now, it's uh, one cabbage, one cauliflower, and I have already killed the broccoli. Oh, no. We'll talk about that when we get to the meat of our issue. Oh, you're right, because the meat of our issue today is 50 ways to lose your garden. And there was my first already. Oh. Um, I planted radishes on March 17th, on April 6th. As you are wont to do, because you always plant at St. Patrick's Day. I always do. And on April 6th, one radish leaf. I see one leaf. <laughs> do you have radishes up? Um, no, I have not. Um I c I've not planted anything yet. Okay. And I will tell you why in a second. I have one final thing to say, and this is exciting, I hope. I'm going to plant asparagus. <gasps> I bought four asparagus crowns yesterday nice. from Al's Pine Nursery. And Christy, you know, they last for like 10 years. Yeah. So. Well, we did an episode once, you remember that, called Perennial Vegetables? Yes. Like uh, uh, rhubarb. Okay. Asparagus. My rhubarb is Artichoke. looking good. I think mm -hmm. those are the three that can come back again and again and again. Horseradish. Hor yes, horseradish. Mine yes. is back. Is yours back? Mine is back. Okay. And mine's from yours. And what else? What else do you have going on? Well, as you know, when you came into my backyard and you saw my vegetable garden and you kind of went, what's going on, right? Yeah. Well, as friends who know, who've been listening to the podcast, I had to have a part of my sewer repaired. And it had to, oh. and the bummer part about it, Edith, is that, you know, I don't have an alley. We just connect right up to my neighbor's backyard through a fence. And the main, our sewer main is in my neighbor's backyard. Uh. So we had to dig in my neighbor's backyard. The only way to get Did there Did you was personally dig? <laughs> no, I hired somebody. Oh, okay. That's a good, <laughs> that's that's right. a good that's plan. Me. Okay. <laughs> young strapping, uh, young people. Okay. Uh, um, and, but they had to bring, we had to take the part of the fence down oh. and they had to bring in a backhoe. Oh. So 20 years of trying to get a fluffy garden, 
gone in one day with all those plumbers walking all over it. Okay, let me tell you something. And having a backhoe in there. I'm going to tell you something that's going to make you feel better, okay? Okay. I hope. So did they dig in your garden too, right? No, they did not. They just dug in my neighbor's okay, yard. Okay, well, th then this is not going to make you feel any better. When I had mine done, like what, five, seven years ago? Uh-huh. That was, somehow it just refertilized the soil. I had oh. the best garden. Yeah. But just that, a lot of stomping. But, but, but yeah. you don't, they didn't dig and- Right, they just stomped. Into yours. Stomped so. and stomped. My, my, my spinach that winter sowed? Yeah. Gone. Oh, uh, They put all their tools in my garlic bed. I thought, really? You just can't move them like six feet away. They didn't six know. Inches, six they inches know. away. They don't yeah. know. They thought it was grass. Well, my neighbor told me something that'll, that that does make me feel better because I was I, he's an art um, he's a landscape architect and he said that I was complaining about all oh, my fluffy soil is now all stopped. And he said, Have you ever tried to get a broad fork? And I had never. I don't know what that is. He, it is. It's like a pitchfork. But larger and heavier with really long tines, and you, it's designed to use your body instead of your muscles. And what it does is you stand on this tool, uh -huh. and you rock it back and forth and wiggle it to work the tines into the ground. Uh. And what it does is it aerates, so it gets air sure. down there, as we've discussed before. Oxygen is very important to a healthy garden, and it protects the soil structure as it aerates, so it's not like rototilling. So yeah. I said they're expensive though. Ooh, I've seen some of those for like two hundred and fifty bucks. What? But I saw one on Amazon for like fifty bucks. So I thought that could be a handy little tool to get. Maybe I can refluff my soil before I plant. Here's a handy little tip for you, Christy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Listen to music while you're doing that, so you don't hear the screams of the worms. <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> All the baby worms out there. Well, apparently this is what organic farmers do to aerate their soil. Yeah, so, well, uh, I get it. Sure. So we'll see if I can refluff re it up a little bit. Of course you can. Of course you can, Christy. One day of walking in, it's not going to ruin everything. That's true. And um, then the only thing I wanted to say, too, is I was kind of surprised, Edith, when I was going around and seeing, like, what doesn't come back up again? Yeah. Remember those big pink um, oriental poppies I would have every year? Yeah, yeah. I'm, they're not coming back. <gasps> Christy, the poppy you gave me is coming back. Well, that's nice. But it all goes to show you that perennials really don't last forever. Wow. That was a 10-year-old poppy plant. Oh, no. Wow. And I think I'm going to just have to make, get some new ones next year. But, I mean, all my other poppies are up, but not that one. And so I don't think it's coming back. Well, you know, R.I.P. Poppy. Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I know. You're right. They don't last forever. So uh, it, I'm going to start planting my butt off real soon. Okay. Once, okay. I, once I get everything fixed up. All right, folks. Now, um, if there are words or terms you don't understand, like winter sowing, you're know, like, what the heck does that mean? Um, please check out our website for the funny and informative Upside Down Dictionary at, um, at UpsideDownTulips.com, or you can click on the link in our show notes. Also, we have fun, fun stuff on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. And we hope that you will consider supporting Upside Down Tulips and join our garden party, which is um, your way of throwing a couple bucks each month to us so that we can continue doing the podcast free for all. Or you could throw a few or even several, since a couple is two. That's where we start. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> now, here comes a pod play in honor of Christy's cat. Oh, this is, this is written by Christy because her cat loves to dig in plants. In 
the cozy corners of my home, where greenery grows and cats do roam, there lies a sight that does behold of my cat Leo in pot so bold. With dainty paws and gentle tread, he weaves among the leaves unfed, then paws to dig with focused eye, his thirst for soil won't be denied. His claws make little tapping sounds as he delves deep into the ground and starts to push the soil aside with a sense of joy he cannot hide. Ficus, oh ficus, you're my tree so fine, with leaves so lush, branches that entwine. But no, in my ficus, Leo's claws do rake, and oh, look how the poor ficus leaves do shake. Aloe, dear aloe, with leaves long and green, a succulent so humble yet so serene. But Leo jumps in and sits for a spell, and see his eyes widen as he discovers the gel. And though it may seem strange to see my feline and houseplant debris, his happiness is plain to see in his simple, curious majesty. For in that moment he is free to be himself as cat should be, and the plant will still thrive with or without the cat, a symbol of nature's resilience, and that, I guess, is that. So if there's anybody out there who can tell me how to keep my cat from digging in the plants, I'd appreciate it. Yeah, I wouldn't know how to do that. (laughs) But Edith, I got to tell you something about that little poem I wrote. What are you going to tell me? I had a little help writing it. You oh you didn't go on that thing, did you? I did, I did. I went on Chat GPT. Oh, now, I would say it's half the computer and half me. That is so interesting. So, did you like write part of it and stop, and then it finished it? You know, I kind of asked it a question, saying like, write a write a write a poem about cats who dig in plants. And it was okay. It was kind of bad, but yeah. it did kind of, so I had to go in and like, of course it was bad. It wasn't as good as what I wrote, Edith, but I did have to kind of go in there and judge it up. Well, for heaven's sakes, we don't want chat GPT to do poetry because, right? I, I mean, come on, <laughs> philosophy, there are some things, you know? Yes, so exactly. So who, who wrote you or the chat wrote bold in pots? That was me. Okay, because see, that's the kind of thing that the, the computer would not think of. Ah, ah, gotcha. That's exactly what I'm saying. Okay. That's a twist on logical thinking, and the chat, chat GPT is going to be logical. Well, good for you. I thought you'd get a kick out of that. I did get a kick out of that. So now we're talking about 50 ways to lose your garden. And it's good that she sang that, folks, because it's not as dire as it sounds. I mean, it's pretty dire, but you won't kill everything. You can't. It's just too much. So don't worry about that. We're going to go like one by one. Yeah. And we've learned a lot about ways to kill things. So you can learn from our mistakes. Yeah. Okay, Christy, you start. Oh, okay. Because I'm the guest and I'm rusty. (laughs) You go. Okay. All right. Well, the first thing we want to talk about is trying to do too much. Yeah. It's like a relationship, Edith, don't you think? No, like you can't, what? You don't want to do too much. In a relationship? Yeah, you don't want to smother too much. You want to do too much, right? Well, You do- want to think about what you have time for. Okay, otherwise you get exhausted. Yes. And, 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 and then you don't do anything for your relationship person. That's right. And then right. you start resenting yourself yes. and them. And then it's over. Yeah. Okay. And by doing too much, it's thinking like, oh, I'm going to buy all these. I'm going to go to, well, this happens to me though. I go to the nursery and I just, I just, I start buying all the stuff knowing that I don't have room for all of it. And 
do you know what you just did? This is very cool. Instead of 50 ways to lose your garden, you just did. You you um, made like an analogy, 50 ways to leave your lover. Is that what we're... Yeah. Is that, that's what you did. Did you yeah. do that on purpose? Yes. I thought that's why you called it that. I did, but I didn't think you'd call it that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You're so much better than chat GPT. <laughs> Thank you, Nita. Good for you. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, anywho, folks, uh, just... Try don't, don't think you have to have a perfect garden. Good is not the enemy of perfect. Not only that, but a lot of people that just first start out, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be gigantic. Yeah. Do start bit. small. Do some things in pots. Do some things in pots. Start small. And rem- and if you love it and it's not big enough, there's stuff you can plant in summer. You can add to it in the fall. Yeah. So just, just a very good point, Christy. Don't do too much. Uh, another way to lose your garden, Edith has to do with watering. Of course, we talk about watering so much here in the Denver metro area because we never have enough of it. And yet, because most people here have hoses and water coming out of the hose, it's also easy to water too much. Oh, so true. You know, know. both (laughs) both will kill. Mm -hmm. That's right. And you know, I said in our little um, introduction when we were greeting each other, I said that I already killed a broccoli. Yeah. It was because of water. Oh. It was because I had, you know, it came up in my little seed pot. Uh-huh. It was in the sun. And if you, and and I didn't water it, like I watered it, took it outside, waited two hours and it was dead. <gasps> I literally, Christy, went wow. outside and almost saw it flop to its side. Oh, no. Lay in there. Oh, oh that's just, so sad. Ah. Well, you know, uh, <laughs> most garden plants like about an inch of water per week. And growing crops need one to two inches. And you have to check to see, like, are you losing water from the heat? Are you losing moisture? So do you mm-hmm. may have to add even more than that if it's been really hot out. Not only that, Christy, but when you plant seeds outside, the most important thing about that after actually putting the seed in the ground is not to let it crust over on the top. Because mm. if you do that, it'll die, just like my little mm-hmm. broccoli died. Oh, so be very careful. Don't spray it hard because then the seeds will go everywhere. Yeah. Like a gentle shower or even a mist. Do you remember what Judy uh, told us from Botanical Interest? She said, mm-hmm. pre-moisten, pre-moisten, shout out to moist, mm-hmm. your soil before you plant your seeds. Yes. And then every day after that, make sure you look at it every day so mm-hmm. that it's not crusted over. No crusty. No dry crusty. Nobody likes, nobody likes that. Nobody likes the crust. No, I, I cut it off. The best time to water plants is in the early morning when it's still cool. That's what Christy says, folks, but I don't do that because I don't get up in the early morning. <laughs> so I do it whenever the hell I feel like it. Sure. Uh, but you. But also it's good to tell folks to water the toes and never the nose. That's very important. I always do that. So if you water from too high, half the moisture is lost to evaporation and you could be welcoming um, uh, uh, fungus and uh-huh. diseases uh-huh. onto your uh-huh. plant. They don't like it. Also, it can be leaf burn because yeah. the water, like snow, even though will when, reflect. And when you're in seeing pictures of people watering, they're always watering high, aren't they, to get the, yes. the reflection of the yes. light? Yes, that's silly. Don't yeah. do it. And uh, do water deeply at fewer intervals. So don't water lightly and often, unless they're seeds. Unless they're seeds. established uh-huh. plants, water uh-huh. deeply. And we did uh, we did several episodes about watering. If you want to dig deeper on this, folks, episode two, Edith. Which was the first the, the first two commandments of gardening, how to water and mulch. Oh, I remember. Episode 62, the best way to um the best way to save water. 
Okay. So. Very good. Very. I like when you cross-reference these things. You're oh, such you're a so pro. Welcome. Such oh, a thank pro. You. Um, we all, another way to lose your garden is no, mulch. If you don't mulch. Gotta mulch. Gotta mulch. Or else everything just dries out or erodes away. Like you you just don't want. You just want to mulch plus plus, depending on the kind of mulch you get, it will decompose and add to your soil. Yeah. Like Christy and I like soil pep. Yeah, that's a good product. That's a really good product. It's not as inexpensive as mulch. Mm-hmm. But it's a really it's good so product. It's so tiny. It's just so ground up. It's really yep. great in the vegetable bed. It's really, yes. Yes, that's where I use it. Yeah. But if you do mulch, you'll have healthier soil. You'll have fewer weeds. And you'll have better water retention. Saving money on the water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And make sure, folks, you do two to four inches thick. If you're too thin, then your weeds will push through. And if it's too thin, or if it's too thick, then water won't reach the soil. And remember, don't mulch on top of your little veggies. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Give them like, make a little parade, like a vegetable parade. And on either side, pretend the mulch is people going, yay. <laughs> oh, I yay. love that. Um, and uh, three inches away from the base of your flower plants and your trees. Yes. Don't go right up next to them. No, because that will invite insects and stuff right on there. Mm-hmm. Take them right to your plant, like a little raft. <laughs> Look, we're a little raft. We're going to climb up the bridge. Oh, look at us. I love these images of all these little people in your garden. Oh, yeah. I mean, I have a whole world out there, you know. Are we done with mulch? We are done with mulch. What's another way to lose your garden is how you fertilize. How you fertilize or depending on your soil. If you have the best soil in the whole entire world, it's not 100% necessary to fertilize, but very few people have the best soil in the whole world. That's such a good point. And I think of it sort of like um, a nutritional supplement. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, you want it rich in comp- your soil rich in compost matter. Absolutely. But they often just need a little bit of boost. Most yeah. soil does. And, uh-huh. and your fertilizer can be organic or synthetic. And Edith and I, of course, we always recommend folks to try to do an organic method. It's not that much more. It is more expensive, but it's not that much more expensive to have organic fertilizer. And it's really important, folks. You know, I did, um, I, if you've been listening at all, you know, you know, I, I I really am against the miracle Grow, And I have a little thing I could read here about it. Oh, please do eat it. Okay. We're talking about microbes. What are microbes, some people are asking? Well, they are soil microorganisms that are broadly defined as a group of microscopic life forms that include bacteria. Some of these words I don't know how to say. Bacteria, archaea, viruses, and eukaryotes. Sounds good to me. Like like fungi. Mm -hmm. So they're there. And if you Miracle Grow has so much nitrogen that in the long run it will destroy those microbes. Not only that, but you might have heard of the dead zone in the Gulf of Mexico. Christy, have you heard of that? No. This is an ever-growing 3,000 to 8,000 square mile area of ocean. I've actually heard of this, where nothing grows except algae. Oh, you that's kn- why the giant algae. Yes, the red algae that yeah, comes up into Florida and going to take over. Yes. These these blooms, they call them algae blooms, are caused by synthetic fertilizer runoff. 
specifically the 21 million tons of synthetic fertilizer dumped on Midwestern farms that leached down the Mississippi River into the Gulf. Mm. And their mm. fertilizer, just like Little Miracle Grow, it's full of nitrogen because it makes stuff grow bigger. Mm. And, you know, if you sell by the pound, which everybody does, well, mm -hmm. then it's yeah. bigger. So folks do not contribute to this environmental catastrophe. Please do fertilize but look for organic versions of it. Yeah. A fertilizer bag will be labeled with a combination of numbers like 344 or 8248 or 121212. And these three numbers refer to the most important nutrients that plants need. Nitrogen, which is N, phosphorus, which is P, and potassium, which is K. Mm-hmm. Um, nitrogen helps mm -hmm. make leafy growth. Mm-hmm. Phosphorus is great for germination mm -hmm. and root growth and helps your plants absorb minerals. And potassium is great for regulating the flow of water in plant cells that is necessary for flowering, fruiting, and disease resistance. Also, ladies and gentlemen, wait until your seedlings, either in the garden or in mm -hmm. your little pots, have, have their second set of leaves. Which you always call uh, when they get rid of their baby teeth. When they teeth. get rid of their baby teeth because, you know, you you can um, burn them when they're too little. You'll burn them. Mm -hmm. So wait for that and then use a very low concentration when they're small. Or you'll kill them. And you'll lose your garden. You'll lose that part of your garden. 50 yep. ways to lose your garden. <laughs> Just slip out the back, Jack. Make a new plan, Stan. Don't water the flag, Mac. <laughs> <laughs> it's gardener's classic movie night christy i've just made the popcorn where's your handsome and handy husband he's off building me a greenhouse then he has a photo shoot with handsome husband magazine mm. so it's just us what movie is gcm showing tonight let's see um um oh it says here the martian doesn't sound like gardening to me is that the one with Matt Damon? Ugh, Matt Damon. Well, I'm game if you are. You usually fall asleep in ten minutes anyway. That is so not true. Welcome to GCM, Gardner's Classic Movies. Tonight's movie, The Martian, starring Matt Damon. Ugh, Matt Damon. Don't fall asleep. I won't. All right, team. Stay inside of each other. Let's make NASA proud. <sighs> Edith, wake up. This movie is finally starting to get interesting. Did I miss anything? So, Matt Damon is an astronaut stranded on Mars after his team assumes he died. I guess they just don't understand the gravity of his situation. <laughs> He must rely on his ingenuity to find a way to signal Earth that he is alive and can survive until a potential rescue. You know, there sure has been a lot of fictional money spent on saving Matt Damon. He has to grow three years' worth of food on a planet where nothing grows. Luckily for him, he's a botanist. Oh, a botanist. I've been talking to a botanist on Tinder. I'm not looking for anything serious. I just want to get in his plants. <laughs> get it, get it. Mars will come to fear his botany powers. Turn up the volume. Exciting. He is using astronaut poo for fertilizer. His acting is so good, I can smell it. 
Oh, yes. So thrilling. Look, Edith, see how he cuts each potato into four quarters, making sure each quarter has at least two eyes. I think this is the best movie I have ever seen. I am on the edge of my seat. I know, me too. He is making it rain. Look, a teeny little sprout. Oh my gourd! And 48 Martian days later, he has healthy potato plants. The smaller ones he can reseed. The larger ones are his food supply. How do you like them potatoes? <laughs> <laughs> this movie is so good. Uh, oh, oh. Oh no. An airlock leak. Depressurization. <gasps> no! no! Oh, oh, the Botany. Oh no, potatoes! Oh, oh, this is oh. so sad and terrible. Oh my god, oh. I'm so moved. Now that the potatoes have been killed, I don't give a flying Ben Affleck about this movie anymore. Agreed. Maybe we'll have better luck with next week's movie. It's about gardening alternative food sources. What's it called? Soylent Green. We're back. We are back. After that exciting Martian adventure. <laughs> okay, Christy, what's next? Uh, we're going to be talking about, uh, we're talking about 50 ways to lose your garden. Mm -hmm. And now we're talking about mistreating your seedlings. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Here's something I didn't know, Christy. So, because, you know, first of all, I have always mistreated my seedlings because I didn't used to use seed starter. And thanks to you, I've started using seed starter. Oh, the seed starter mix. This, I'm sorry, folks. Yeah, the yeah. seed starter mix, which you buy. It's lighter. It's much lighter. And, and it's it, soilless. And it really helps the plant. You can make it, too. We have some episode where we, we do. talk you can about make that. It, yes. A soil episode. Anyway, um, here's the thing, though, that I never thought of. The, the, the larger your transplant, if you let your seedlings get really big, they can go into transplant shock. Well, they all do. But the larger they are the longer that lasts. Mm. So it when you when you put a tomato plant into the ground for example, it will take some time for it to start spreading its roots into the new soil. Well, the larger the plant, your seedling, the longer it's going to take. Doesn't that make sense? Makes total sense. As a result, smaller transplants will often start growing much faster and outpace yeah. the larger ones. You know, when we're done recording, Edith, uh, Catherine's going to come over, our, who also is a guest host on the podcast, and she, I'm going to give her some Jupiter's beard. And I said, you better come out this weekend, because if it gets any bigger, we won't be able to transplant it. Right, 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 right. Transplant and, and little. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think the same is true with winter sowing, which is an outdoor uh, method of seed starting. Yes. That if I let those little seedlings get too big, they don't transplant well. well remember last year when you let the sunflower grow right up the jug and out the spout. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. How did he do? Um, yeah. That, that ended up in the compost pile. I thought yes, I it did. So. Yeah. yeah. And, and so it's important to harden plants off. Uh, yes. Get them, especially if you get things from the uh, nursery. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Don't stick them in the ground right away. No. Let them get acclimated to yeah. your yard. And Mostly the, yeah. the nurseries are warm and they're humid. My house is cold and dry. Mm. So, you know, if I get it from the nursery, especially take longer to harden it off. Yeah. A couple hours a day and then oh. gradually increase the amount that they're outside. I mean, 
usually about a week is what I do. Does that seem about right? Yeah, me too. You don't have I to do be perfect about it. No. Right? Just do the no, best no. you can. And Because sometimes I forget. Like last year when I was hardening off my geraniums, um, boy, I lost all the leaves on them. And I, had, <laughs> I, didn't, have, I didn't have a flower on those plants until oh. July. Oh. Because they... They got oh my sun, gosh! Sunburned because they were so accustomed to being in the cool attic. Speaking of geraniums, you know I have three that I overwintered in my house, uh-huh. and I didn't cut them back or anything. And two of them are in beautiful bloom. I saw that when I was at your house last yeah. week when I dropped off those tulips. So I can't wait to be able to put them outside. Harden them off. I will harden them off. Thank you for reminding yeah. me. Yeah, or yes, put shade over them too. I mean, yeah. I guess you yeah. could do that too. But be careful with your little with your little seedlings, friends. Um, another way to lose your garden, not planting properly. Yeah. This goes with seeds and seedlings. You could plant too deep. You could mm-hmm. plant not deep enough. You want to kind of loosen the soil around it, not just in its the little plug area, mm-hmm. but like give it like a, a, a nice little neighborhood all to itself, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. And, and I would think with the exception of tomatoes, which yeah. you should plant very deep, or plant them laterally. Or laterally. I've done that. Very mm-hmm. nice. Mm-hmm. Be, I would say be careful of planting your seedlings too deep. Plant them at the same level mm-hmm. of which they are growing. Except for asparagus, you know, I have to dig a trench. Yeah, that sounds hella. And make sure you really weed the crap out of that asparagus trench, Edith. Remember that? Yes. If you get weeds in that trench, you're going to be dealing with them for the next 10 years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Try not to get any grass in there, okay? Okay. Oh, my goodness. Uh Good. So not planting properly. Just make sure you look at your seed packet if you're doing seeds. Oh, my gosh. That tells you everything. And what do they say how deep you should go with seeds? One, one, twice the depth of... Yeah. Yeah. And some you don't even need to, some you don't even need to bury. I think my thing I usually do is I bury seeds too deep. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, and I think that's one of my... Like cilantro. It just, you can just throw it on the ground, rough up the ground, yeah. and it'll be fine. Some things just you could just put yeah. right on top. Just read the back of your seed packet. Yeah, if you can read a seed packet, you can garden. You know what? It's really, that's, that's a simple. really good saying. That's almost inspirational. Oh my! Oh, no right. it. Okay. Uh, another way to lose your garden is not planning for vacation. <laughs> oh, I've had it happen. Oh, I know. You know. Yeah. Um, some good tips, I think. If, uh, you're going to go on vacation. Well, first of all, I recommend don't do it during the growing season. Boy, that was hard for me last year. I remember I had that big trip to the Baltic and I was gone for almost three weeks and I was, you know, having people watch my vegetable garden. Yeah. Well, you know, and not everybody's a gardener. Yeah. When I was younger, I destroyed someone's garden because I didn't know what I was doing and I was supposed to be taking care of the garden. Is this when you thought cucumbers are supposed to be big and yellow? Yes. This is when I didn't <laughs> harvest anything. <laughs> These cucumbers are. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yum. And so soft. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they turn this pretty, pretty color yellow. Oh, yeah. Uh, so now I'm trying to go on vacation, actually, when I'm not, when we're not growing stuff. But if you have to leave, of course, it's summer. You want to do something nice. Yeah. Um, one is I would just take note of the weather. You know, uh, pay attention to the weather while you're gone in case, you know, you need to have somebody go out and. Cover for an upcoming hailstorm, or yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. or or just just don't go, just just don't <laughs> just ever <home>. ever go <laughs> on vacation again. <laughs> you could, and you know, you can get a family member or a friend 
who will, you know, yeah. would probably be glad. Just make sure you leave good instructions that are simple and mm-hmm. leave the hoses out and any tools they might need. Or um, if they see something like um, um, some fungus starting to happen, give them some um, organic sprays that they can. Well, what's really treat. cool about people who take care of your garden is if they do it at a time when the tomatoes are ripening and you say things like, take anything you want, yeah. right? That really some people, I mean, I would, that makes it worthwhile for me. That's a really good point. Yeah. Find another gardener and say, take whatever you want. Yeah. Or, you know, you can always go to your local county extension office or a master gardeners group and you can find, you know, you pay somebody to take care of your garden. Um, I had house sitters do it for me. You can always go to like Craigslist next door or Facebook group uh-huh. and find somebody to come take. They call it yard sitting. Oh, do they? So you can have a house sitter, but you can have a yard sitter. Oh, that's great. I just don't, you know, don't tell people, you know, on those forums where you live. Oh, right. Oh, that would be so foolish, wouldn't it? Oh, God. <laughs> or, you know, there's a lot of smart irrigation systems that people have out. Like my vegetable garden is on a timer mm-hmm. on with little soaker hoses, so it goes off on the same time every day. And so I, you know, for the vegetable garden, I just told people, just make sure that the hoses are running and um, and help yourself. Yeah. So not too bad, huh? Not too bad at all. Uh Another way that people lose their garden, Edith, as you just said, is not harvesting, right? Not harvesting. Because the plant will just give up. They're like, oh, they don't appreciate me. I'm done. <laughs> well, is it also true is like they're creating these fruits and vegetables as a way of reproduction. And so they think, well, I've already done it, so I don't need to do it now. Yeah, yeah, right. But when you take it away. They go, oh, oh, I got to make some more. I got to make some more because this bitch is <laughs> taking my eggs. <laughs> You know, I, one of the ways, reasons why I have trouble harvesting, this happens to me a lot, still does to this day, is that um, I have to think like, well, maybe one more day will be better. Like, is this the day to harvest? Uh-huh. And what I've kind of learned, and you've taught me a lot of this, is that um, you should just try a sample and taste it. And um, go out daily, every other day when things are out there and just yeah. taste it. And yeah. it's better to actually harvest it a day early than it is to do it too late. Not only that, but a lot of things, and you'll see it in your grocery aisles, you know, they're selling baby things, baby leaf lettuce, baby mm-hmm. this and baby that. There are very few plants, like obviously a green tomato, you're not going to bite into it, although you can make it other ways. Sure. Yeah. But you're right. There's almost, and for most plants, young is just fine, what they call baby. Yeah. Bigger doesn't necessarily mean better. No. Again, and- back to the miracle grow. Bigger does not mean better. <laughs> and sometimes I have trouble harvesting too because I have this vanity around my vegetable garden. Like I don't want it to leave, uh-huh. you know, like, but I have to because otherwise I'm just going to have woody radishes or, you know, I mean. Nobody was, likes the woody radishes or the woody carrots. Well, that was my problem this fall when I showed everybody when I was harvesting my carrots uh-huh. and I brought them out for Leslie and I said, Leslie, here, I just harvested my carrots that I planted in May and I was harvesting carrots in October, right? Yeah. So I harvest all these carrots. You didn't, you didn't even know what they looked like because they were all knobby and weird looking. Um, and so, of course, I thought, well, I'm going to make some soup out of them, Edith. I'll do something yeah. fun with them. Yeah. huh? And I put them up in the attic. Oh. Did you forget? You put carrots up in the attic? It wasn't a very good idea, was it? Did you just lay them there or did you put them in sand? I had them in a little burlap bag. (laughs) Here's what they look like. (laughs) 
They were like 10 oh. times the size, by the way. Now they look like, they look like, actually look like tiny little radishes and they're hard. And you know, um, folks, apparently Christy doesn't have electricity because what you can do in lieu of putting it in the attic, you could actually freeze things, put it in your freezer. Yeah, I should and have And then done there that. they are. Yeah. Ready when you make soup. I was... They look this, worse than your tomatoes. They yeah. do. They look terrible. And this bag here, which also looks like it has, maybe it's like a quarter of the way full. It was to the brim with carrots. That's how much they dried up in my attic over the winter. Wow. I know. I should not put things up. I was doing so much better putting things up in the attic. Well, people it. used to put things in their cold cellars, but you, have to, put it in, you have to put it in sand. Ah. You, ha you can't just throw them in a bag. <laughs> Okay. Like people used to have apples. <laughs> yeah, all, that's what I was and, thinking. And carrots. I thought they'd yeah, be okay. Not that look like that. Yeah. Oh dear. Yeah. So we did about uh, I don't know six or seven th ways to lose your garden, Edith. We got fifty forty three least, more to go. Uh, yeah, we we did a lot. It, we don't want to do too much. That it'll be. Oh, we're just gonna do this. We're done. Oh, we're not gonna do fifty. I thought we we're no, going no, all the way no, to fifty. No. Oh no, folks. <laughs> Well, guess I better 50, make a new plan, Stan. Fifty or so in parentheses. Oh, 50, fifty or, or so. so. Oh, okay. Yeah, several ways. Okay. See, <laughs> fifty ways or so to lose your garden. Christy, yes, Edith. Uh, guess what time it is? Oh my, I have no earthly idea. Oh yes, you do. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Christy's mailbag time. Ring, ring. Always rings twice. Okay. <laughs> You got one? Uh, yes, we do. We have a letter from Caitlin from Denver. She writes, Dear Upside Down Tulips, gardening question. When should I plant hyacinth and tulips outside? We got some at the garden center and they are growing so fast in the little pots. Caitlin from Denver. Hi, Caitlin. Uh, uh, Christy will take all of this because she knows all about this stuff. In fact, she gave me some tulips and I have the same question. Right, because you could be out at the grocery store or at the nursery, and you can be buying these beautiful blooming tulips mm -hmm. in pots, hyacinths also. And then uh, what can you do with them? You just throw them away? Put I know people that have bin? done that. I know people that have thrown them out because they don't know what to do with them. It's like those guys that throw out a shirt when they lose a button because nobody ever taught them to. <laughs> no, I know guys like that. What? Yes. Oh, my gosh. I know. I'm going to start a new podcast about how to sew buttons. Um well, this is a very easy way to do it, but Caitlin, you're going to have to have some patience. The first thing to do is just enjoy the beautiful flowers right now in your home. And then once the tulips or the hyacinths have stopped blooming, discontinue watering and allow the foliage to die back. That means stop watering. I don't know why she would use such a multisyllabic discontinue. <laughs> just stop. Stop it. Just stop just watering. Just stop it. Um, once the leaves are dried and brown, then remove it from the pot and remove the bulbs from the soil and dust them off. And check for anything that's rotten or anything that's soft. And if that's the case, then you just throw those little suckers away. Yeah. Um, allow, that, allow the good bulbs to dry out on a piece of paper in a cool, dry, dark place like a cellar or a basement. And then... You, the, the hardest part yes. is to remember yes. that you have them. I forgot that I had mine. They're sitting in I, my garage. Yeah. And you know what? The ones from the tulips we had last year, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mine are, in, yeah. mine are in my attic. And- um, Oh, God. 
and you can't use them now. Where all good things go to die. Yeah. Christie's attic. Yes. <laughs> so that's the important part is, you know, put a, put a notice in your calendar. But when it becomes in our neck of the woods, we're zone 5B or 6-ish, uh, late September to early November, then you can plant them. Good. At about eight inches deep for most tulips and eight ices. inches. Uh huh. Really? Yeah. Well, that makes a depending lot depending on sense. the size of the bulb. Okay, that makes and sense. And of course, we want to remind people how to which way to plant them, Edith. You want to plant them butt side down and pointy side up. So just imagine that you're planting Kim Kardashian. <laughs> so what? What's the largest part? Okay. Thank you, Edith. You're welcome. That's, how, that's right. And that's why we call our podcast, by the way, Upside Down Tulips. Yep, because, that's right. Because uh, we certainly have had our share of planting tulips upside down. And then they get all floopy. And then what do you do? You fertilize. Yes, you So should. they have something to eat over yes. the winter. With an organic fertilizer. Always. Yeah. Always. Well, um, friends, if you have garden questions, um, ways that I can keep Leo out of my houseplants... If you have questions, concerns, fashion tips, will you please write to us at UpsideDownTulips at Gmail or UpsideDownTulips.com. That's our website right there, UpsideDownTulips.com. Edith, my pink poppies haven't come up. My veggie garden is all stomped. I need some inspiration. Oh, Christy, you're so lucky that I have some. And this is from a very close friend of ours, Okay. If you can read a seed packet, you can garden. <laughs> Christy Montour Larson. Wow, you know I, what? That well, is so profound. I, I also have another profound one. Oh, oh, okay. Not as profound as yours. All right, okay. Okay, here we go. Quote, don't wear perfume in the garden unless you want to be pollinated by bees. Anne Raver. Nice. Because I that sounds like that could be painful. Yes, it could. Painful, not so friendly. <laughs> well, friends, you've reached the end of another episode of Upside Down Tulips. We hope you had as much fun as we did. Yes, I hope you got laughs and I value out of this week's episode. And if you did that, could you do us a favor? Could you please hit that subscribe, like, or follow button wherever you listen to your podcasts? We're thanking Denise Gentilini for composing and performing the Upside Down Tulips theme song. If you want more, please go to denisegentilini.com or you can find that link at UpsideOwnTulips.com. Thank you, excellent yet enigmatic engineer. And join us in two weeks for another episode that will delight and amaze you. Don't forget now, if you make a mistake, your garden will forgive you. Upside Down Tulips Just slip out the back, Jack. Make a new plan, Stan. You don't need to be coy, Roy.